What is up, divers? Welcome in to the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on Twitter at Deep Dive FF, Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, and as always, check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com, which is always popping during the offseason. With that being said, let's get to the content. What's up, divers? Welcome into another episode of Deep Dive Fantasy Football. Today, we will be going over the Los Angeles Rams. But before we do, I want to give you guys a quick update. As I'm moving along through the teams and realizing how many weeks we have left before the NFL season, I realized I got to pick up the pace a little bit. So some of the weeks, hopefully every week, but some weeks will have three episodes come out. I'll probably do a Monday, Thursday, Saturday schedule. Maybe I'll change it to like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We'll see, but I am going to be trying to do three teams a week now. It's just hard with my work schedule currently. But with that said, we are going to do the Rams. Just keep your eye out for some extra episodes because I want to get all of the teams done, all my rankings done with about two weeks before the season so that I can drop a rankings podcast on just overall rankings of the positions and favorite sleepers and values and all that stuff so we can still get that type of content in before the season starts so that's the main purpose for it but with that said let's move on we've got the personnel to look at for the Rams and they are out with Jared Goff and in with Matthew Stafford they also have experienced a minor but still impactful interior offensive line upgrade moving Austin Corbett to center instead of guard and then bringing in Bobby Evans at now guard to replace Blythe. So they've got a minor interior offensive line upgrade there. Then they've also added Deshaun Jackson and lost Gerald Everett. They lost defensive coordinator Brandon Staley to the Chargers. He became their head coach. And I think this is actually something that's going to have an effect on projections and on their team, on their offense, because Brandon Staley made them the one of the best defenses actually they were the number one defense in points allowed as in they allowed the least amount of points in the NFL so that's obviously going to change losing your defensive coordinator and he got a head coaching job for a reason right he's a very smart guy I believe that was his second year at defensive coordinator and just everything started clicking so he did a great job and now he's gone so keep that in mind they also have the 8th ranked offensive line per PFF, the 4th ranked defensive line, and the ninth ranked secondary. So they have a top 10 position group in 3 of the 5, 6, 7, 7 main position groups on a team. So they have a, a great team, obviously. We already know this. They, they better have a good team because they have sold so much of their future Their future draft capital is atrocious. It doesn't even exist. It's a barren wasteland. So you would hope their team is really good now. But I do honestly believe that as a Bucs fan, people always say, hey, do you think the Bucs are going to repeat? Do you think the Bucs are going to make it to the Super Bowl? And if we're talking, you know, let's look at history. What do the percentages say? What is the stats? All that stuff. The Bucs are probably not going to get back to the Super Bowl. But the reason it's hard to say they don't get back there is is trying to figure out who would beat them out. And with all the Aaron Rodgers nonsense right now in Green Bay and Drew Brees is finally retired, there's not really much to look at in the NFC that can challenge the Bucs, in my opinion, 
yet, except for possibly this Rams team. And I'm just saying look out, because Stafford is coming from a horrible situation into this situation, which we'll talk about. I don't want to spoil anything yet, but Stafford is going to show us how smart Sean McVay is, how genius he is, the schemes that he comes up with, the all the plays, everything. The, this offense is going to be insane. But let's look at some trends. Let's look at some history first. Build the foundation of these projections going forward. Last year, this team passed the ball 55% of the time. And like I said, that defensive coordinator, Brandon Staley, is gone. The defense is not going to be first in points allowed again. And also, think about this. All of the division opponent division opponents got way better. The Cardinals, or at least minorly better. The Cardinals added Rondell Moore in the draft, and they added James Conner to pair with Chase Edmonds. So losing Kenyon Drake is not really going to make a difference, and because he's not better than James Conner at this point. Then the 49ers will have everyone hopefully healthy now between Kittle, Ayuk, and Debo all on the field at the same time, and. Whether they have Jimmy in there or Trey Lance in there, it's going to be an upgrade over last year because Jimmy should be healthier, not nicked up at all. And if Jimmy's starting over Trey Lance, that means he's doing a good job because if he wasn't doing a good job, he would get replaced. And while Trey Lance may need some work or some development in passing, he's going to be a dynamic threat that can run the ball. So their offense is going to be better as well. And then lastly, you have the Seahawks who added Gerald Everett. They added some wide receivers, which I'm not super high on any of them, but they already had a great defense or a great offense anyways. So you're looking at all three division opponents and you're like, yeah, the offenses in this division are going to be pretty tough to defend and losing the defensive coordinator is not going to help. So I think that's one thing that's going to attribute to them passing a little bit more. The other thing being that they have Stafford over Goff. Obviously, that's a huge upgrade. And we'll talk about how big of an upgrade it is when we go through Stafford. They, like I said, added Deshaun Jackson, added Tutu Atwell, which don't 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 get me started. I that was when they made that pick. He was drafted 57 overall, and he was like not even in my top. He was not in my top 20 wide receivers for this draft class, and he was drafted inside of the second round. That's just ridiculous. Like, that blew my mind, especially if you look at this receiver room, Robert Woods, Deshaun Jackson, Van Jefferson, Cooper Cup, and you're also looking at the guys that they have going off in camp right now that they're uh, giving a whole bunch of hype to. And also, they did lose Josh Reynolds. I forgot to mention that in the personnel changes, but that's basically the role that Deshaun Jackson, or not the role, but the target share Deshaun Jackson will be picking up. So, like I said, 55% pass rate, right, last year. You may say, what about other years? Well, in 2019, so two years ago, the pass rate was 61%. So even if we just took an average, throw out the fact that they brought in Stafford, throw out the fact that they lost their defensive coordinator, just go by averages between the last two years, they should pass more this year than they did last year. So then let's move another year back, right? Why not? 2018 passed 55% of the time. So Last year was tied for, over the last three years, their lowest mark. I see no reason, even if you believe Cam Akers is a absolute monster, that they would run more this year than they did last year. It just does not make sense to me. So I'm projecting a 57-43 split. That means they will pass the ball 57% of the time, two percentage points above last year. 
If they are around a similar play total, which I'm projecting a tiny bit less, I see 1,110 plays as a good range. That's 632 passes, 467 runs. With that said, we can get into the actual projections with Matt Stafford working off that 632 passes. Before we get into how Stafford will perform with the Rams or what I expect, first I want to compare him to Jared Goff. Jared Goff's career numbers with Sean McVay and the Rams, and I say McVay because we're not going to count that rookie year, with Sean McVay and the Rams is a 64.3% completion rate, a 12 yards per completion rate, and 4.6 touchdown rate, 4.6 percentage. And I'll also give you the yards per attempt because it kind of helps us explain things a little bit faster. So his yards per attempt was 7.7. And for those who don't know what yards per attempt is, it's the perfect mix of completion rate and yards per completion. Because if someone has a 70% completion rate, but they're only getting 10 yards per completion, yeah, their completion rate looks amazing if you just look at that. But it's because everything they're throwing is close to the line of scrimmage. So it's easy and it's actually not that high of value. And then somebody might have a 62% completion rate, which is really bad in a vacuum, but their yards per completion could be 13.5, which is amazing in a vacuum. So the best thing to figure out, hey, is this quarterback doing a good job with their weapons is looking at yards per attempt, which I always look at. I just don't explain it in my projections because it's harder to explain. So 7.7 yards per attempt. Just remember that because we'll talk about what Stafford has been doing. But that's what Goff's career numbers are with McVay and the Rams, who have had Brandon Cooks in his tenure, along with Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby, Gerald Everett, Todd Gurley. They've had mad weapons, and I know the offensive line has not been the best. But let's think about Stafford's situation. Has the Lions offensive line been much better? Not really. So, last two years for Jared Goff, much worse. 7.3 yards per attempt, down from 7.7, and 3.5% touchdown rate down from 4.6 over his career with the Rams. So he's been in a steady decline. People are starting to figure out, hey, sh- they're starting to figure out some things that Sean McVay's doing and starting to be able to expose the weaknesses of Jared Goff. And he also, like I said, he doesn't have Brandon Cooks anymore and Todd Gurley. So he's lost a couple weapons and then all of a sudden he can't really hold his weight. And that's part of the reason why they got rid of him. He has been running about 40 times the last couple years scoring three touchdowns on average. So despite all the weapons, he's been bad. Goff has been bad. But if we look at Stafford the last two years, the last two years with significantly worse surrounding talent, remember all the injuries to the receivers. Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones has even been nicked up. As well as Stafford himself being injured, he missed eight games last year and or was it two years ago, within the last two seasons, he's missed eight games, and he's been playing banged up this whole time. So Stafford has had nowhere near, and the coaching, he's had a revolving door at coaching for like the past six years because the Lions suck every single year. And Stafford has still been much more efficient than Jared Goff despite worse weapons, worse coaching, and worse injury problems. He has had eight, yards per attempt remember Goff over the last two years 7.3 with a much better situation and then Stafford has had eight Stafford's touchdown rate has been 5.5 against Goff's 3.5 that's a huge difference 
Now, Stafford is going to a much better situation in LA. His efficiency, even in year one with Sean McVay, will be better than his last two years. I'm projecting a 66% completion rate, a 12.5 yards per completion, so that's 8.2 yards per attempt, right? I said last two years, Stafford's had eight, flat, 8.0 yards per attempt. With all the better weapons and better coaching, I'm only putting him at 8.2, so it's just remember, I'm basically projecting the same efficiency that he's had in Detroit, just slightly better, which I think nobody can really argue with. And then a 6.2% touchdown rate over 5.5. Look, he's got way better weapons. It's not even close. And they're healthy, right? That's a big difference. Add in a little bit of rushing. Don't overthink it. 135 yards and a touchdown. That's kind of just baseline of what he's been doing. And he's looking really good for fantasy. And you'll see at the end. Now let's move to Cam Akers. Cam Akers is one of the probably most debated guys right now in the fantasy space. A lot of people think he can be the RB1. A lot of people don't think he's a top 12 running back. So you'll see what camp I lie in. I'm not saying that I'm firm in either one, but I do obviously have a side to pick. So let's look at the receiving side of the game for Akers first. The running backs had a very small target share for the Rams last year, only 7%. Stafford, however, has liked throwing to the running back position, and he usually throws about 15% of his targets to the running backs. So I'm going to raise the percentage of targets that Akers gets and the other running backs, but I don't think Akers is going to dominate that share of the running backs in the receiving game. I think Darrell Henderson will play a role. And also, the wide receiver weapons and Higby are better than what Stafford has been working with recently, so I also don't think he's going to throw to the running backs as much as he did in Detroit, because in Detroit, when Kenny Galladay's hurt, Marvin Jones is nicked up, and he's not a super high-volume guy, you got to throw the ball somewhere, right? So that's another reason why he was probably throwing a pretty good percentage to the running backs. So I'm putting the running back share at 11.5%, and I'm giving Akers about half of it. Now, let's look at his carries. Over the last four weeks when he took over, and the big reason that everyone is all in on Acres or those that are, are all in on Acres, 21.5 carries per game the last four weeks. That's really high, and it's going to come down. That four-game sample size is really small and really dangerous for people to rely on. He should be the carry share workhorse, and I have him, in my projections, at about 73% of the running back carries. That's a lot, but it's only putting him at 17.5 carries a game with the run rates that we projected earlier. And after we take out Stafford's 40-ish runs and Robert Woods' runs as well from the 467 original rush attempts for the team. So at a 73% carry share, that's only 17.5 carries per game for Akers. Look, that's good, but it's not good enough to make the guys who think he can be an RB1 very happy, especially because he's not going to be a 60-plus reception type of guy to make up for it. Now, with that said, his efficiency should increase with a significantly better offense. And remember, not only is it better because of Stafford, but the interior offensive line is slightly improved. I'm moving his 4.3 yards per carry to 4.6, giving him 11 rushing touchdowns, and I believe one receiving touchdown. Now let's move to the receivers. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. I think both of these guys are going to be very good values in drafts. I already looked at their ADP, and both of them, I think, are perfect where they're being drafted at and they both have potential to finish higher and probably not going to finish much lower than where they're being drafted so anytime that's the case for someone they're always a safe pick I like them both we'll start with Robert Woods every single year I get this question it's really funny it's 
been the past two years. So it's not like, you know, I'm some long tenured analyst who's been doing this for six years and I get this question every time. But every, for the last two years, somebody has always come out and asked me, and it's usually like a couple people each year, gun to your head. They literally say that. Gun to your head. Are you taking Robert Woods or Cooper Cup? The last two years, I've been right both times, but I'm not super confident in it. I always have them super, super close to each other. They are once again in projections, but I'm going to take this year. Woo! See, I'm nervous to say because of the contingency, the gun to your head, but I'm going to take Robert Woods just like I did last year. I'm pretty sure that's who I took last year. So 22% share was his target share last year. And he's a shoe-in for rushing, right? 150 rushing and a touchdown. That's about where he's been the last three seasons. You could just mark that in. That's easy. He should get, in my opinion, a higher target share than he did last year because they lost Josh Reynolds. Djax will be utilized as that deep threat guy. He's also older in age. He's probably going to get banged up and miss games. He's not going to take all of Josh Reynolds' role. And then they also lost Gerald Everett. So... And this process is going to also apply to Cooper Cup. I think they're both going to see a slight bump in target share from last year because of the weapon change right there in the receiving core. So I'm projecting a 22.5% target share, just 0.5 better than last year for Robert Woods. I'm confident in him being good. Stafford has loved his outside wide receivers a lot recently. And, you know, maybe it's just because Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay were the best receivers and they were outright outside receivers. But it shows that Stafford is not one of those quarterbacks, as there are some of them that, you know, just always I'm going to target the slot or I'm always going to look outside. He's not one of those guys. He throws to the guys that are talented. Woods is very talented. So I have no worries, no qualms with him and a new quarterback. And he should actually have the highest chance of touchdowns in his career. And he's going to get more accurate targets. And because of that, he's going to see increases in in either one of two things, yards per reception, because the deep balls are more accurate, so he's going to catch a bigger percentage of those, and that will raise his yards per reception, or his catch rate might just go up because of more accurate passes. One of those two, at minimum, if not both, is going to work out for Woods, so he's looking good. Cooper Cup also had a 22% target share last year, and he missed a game, so that's <laughs> that actually might be what saved me by picking Woods uh, over Cup last year, because Cup missed one game. But like I said, I always have them super close, and they're usually pretty close in their finishes. Remembering the process that I did for Robert Woods and why his target share should go up, I'm moving Cooper Cups up by 1% to 23. He can be like Stafford's Golden Tate of old. Like three years ago, before Golden Tate went to New York and Philadelphia, not in that order, Philadelphia, then New York. But when he was in Detroit with Stafford, he was really consistent, really good. And Stafford loved throwing the ball to him. I think Cooper Cup is going to kind of play that role. But he's going to be better at touchdowns. He was actually the touchdown guy in this offense for Jared Goff until last year for some reason. It just halted. And he only had three touchdowns. I expect that to go back up in an explosive offense. Stafford, he's probably not going to be so touchdown reliant on the slot as Jared Goff was throwing a Cooper Cup. So I think Woods has a chance to catch Cup or beat him on touchdowns again. You pretty much never project Robert Woods to outscore Cooper Cup in terms of the touchdown area, and that's not what I'm doing, but it's a lot closer, I think, this year than usual. And Woods did actually score more than him last year, but like I said, that was a super fluky year for Cooper Cup in the touchdown category. Also, his efficiency, like Woods, should go up. I expect it to jump. In fact, 
You know how I said Jared Goff the last two years has been way worse than over his career with McVay after losing Gurley and Brandon Cooks? Well, Cooper Cup's efficiency and Robert Woods' efficiency both have decreased the last two years consistently with Jared Goff. So if we expect Stafford to come in and be better, guess what? Cup and Woods should also be better. This this offense also is likely to be funneled through these two wide receivers and everyone else is going to get like a sprinkled around pretty even target share because Woods and Cup are absolutely elite talents. Not elite, I guess. I'm not going to throw that word around. I hate when words like that are overused. So not elite, but they're very good talents. And that's pretty much it because Tyler Higby's good. I like Tyler Higby, but he's not on that level at his position as Cup and Woods are at the wide receiver position. Djax is no longer at that level. None of the other guys they have are at that level. So it makes sense that Cup and and Woods are going to dominate this target share. Let's talk about Deshaun Jackson for a second because some of you maybe are expecting me to project him. I'm not going to. I just want to explain why. Josh Reynolds last year got a 13.5% target share. Djax is going to get less than that because they drafted Tutu Atwell and they have Van Jefferson and all these other guys that they're hyping up in camp right now which, by the way, I'm not paying too much attention to because it's really early in the offseason. Everyone's getting hype. So until I see something in preseason, I'm not going to freak out to that. And the third wide receiver, I'm not putting any stock into, whether it's Djax or anyone else. I'm just looking at Woods and Cup this year because I know a lot of people like to look at Reynolds and the third receiver, whoever it was, but that's I don't think that's going to be the case anymore. Tyler Higby. Let's look at him. The two tight ends last year, if you combine them, and the Rams offense had a 20.5% target share, I think Bryson Hopkins is going to step in as a tight end too, and he's going to keep that target share pretty consistent to the position. I think Higby's going to get slightly more than half, so I'm putting him at 11.5% target share. Same story here, but with a shot at a higher target share and in a great offense, I like Higby as a late tight end target over guys like Cole Komet, Irv Smith, Mike Gesicki. So... You guys know I've been kind of crapping on the late tight ends. I think I finally found one that I think is worth a shot because he could pull in 10 uh, 10 touchdowns. You never know. And maybe Stafford locks into him and loves him, and he becomes a very good third target after Woods and Cup. So it's possible. But as of right now, I'm projecting him pretty mildly. Let's get into it. Matthew Stafford I have at 632 pass attempts, 417 completions, 5,214 yards. That's right. And don't think I'm crazy because Jared Goff was throwing the ball all over the yard a couple seasons ago for Sean McVay and the Rams. And Stafford is way better than that. We are going to see the greatness of this quarterback. He is very dynamic as a passer. He really is. He can make a lot of throws that people don't realize because nobody watches the Lions because the Lions suck. And I've actually got some Detroit family members. And if you're listening, I'm sorry. I wish you the best. Hopefully you guys have the first overall pick so you can move off of Jared Goff this season. But... Matthew Stafford, 5,214 yards, 39 passing touchdowns, 40 rushes for 135 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown. Cooper Cup, I have at 145 targets, Robert Woods at 142. Cooper Cup at 102 receptions, Robert Woods at 95. Cooper Cup at 1,323 yards, Robert Woods at 1,315 yards. Cooper Cup at 10 touchdowns, Robert Woods at 8, but... Robert Woods has 150 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. So it's going to be really close. And I actually have Woods 
barely 0.1 points per game over Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup's at 17.3 between Justin Jefferson and Julio Jones, and Robert Woods is at 17.4, right above Justin Jefferson. But don't crucify me. I would still take Justin Jefferson over Robert Woods because Justin Jefferson's ceiling is much higher. Remember, don't just look at the projected numbers. Take into account ceiling or potential as I have it in the draft sheets, risk rating, consistency. There's plenty of other things to take into account. They're going to be in the same tier, so that's really all that matters. And Stafford, by the way, I had him at 22, or have him at 22.5 points per game, right under Ryan Tanhill, above Justin Fields, who, remember, his rushing is going to make him pretty good, and I statted him out for the whole season because I think when preseason comes, it's going to be hard if Matt Nagy wants to keep his job to start Andy Dalton. And if he does, Andy Dalton should be out in a couple games. So that's why I did that with Fields. But that's where I got Stafford. He's like my QB5 right now out of the almost 15, 14 teams that I've projected. Cam Akers I have at 15.5 points per game. He's under Antonio Gibson by a good back, a good gap, about two points per game. But he's right above Dobbins just by less than a, a one full point. So he's like 0.1, 0.2 right above J.K. Dobbins. So that's basically same tier right there. And then Tyler Higby, I have at 9.6 points per game, right under Logan Thomas. But I love the offense and the touchdown potential it brings. So Tyler Higby is one of the guys, if you're not able to get a Kelsey, a Waller, I'm not sure how I feel about Kittle this year. It really is going to depend on what quarterback's playing and how long. So we'll see. That's part of the reason I'm pushing off the 49ers as long as I can, because I want to figure out that quarterback split. So... don't expect to hear the 49ers anytime soon. They'll probably be the last team I do or the second last team I do. I'm also holding off on the Packers to see what they do with Aaron Rodgers. Same thing with the Broncos. See if they acquire Aaron Rodgers and the Texans. Those are probably the last four teams I'll be doing because we don't know what's going on with Watson either. But with that said, thank you guys for tuning in. If you miss out on a tight end, look at Tyler Higbee and wait for the next episode because the next episode, I'll just tell you now, we're doing the Seahawks, and I think they might have a good late round tight end target as well, but you'll have to listen in and see why and see if you agree, but thank you guys, as always, drop a rating, drop a review, have a good one, peace.